Hey, listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare Junkhead! With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm Gigi Saul Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. <laughs> Gore is love, baby. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that definitely prefers to walk rather than run. My name is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, in honor of uh, Batman, Dawn of Justice, on our other... We went to another uh, Zack Snyder Dawn. We did, we did. Uh, And and because we did that over in Nerds of Nostalgia, for this episode, we are going to be looking in kind of honor of, not in honor of, but examining his... His entry into the horror field, mm-hmm. 2004's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, but there. before we go any further, let me remind you guys, we are part of the ever-expanding Boom Howdy podcast network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our past episodes and new shows, including Backlog, Video Game Podcast, and Modern Horrors, over at BoomHowdy.com. Or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud apps. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your mall hole. Very nice. Always relevant to that, man. Always relevant. (laughs) Uh, Don't forget you can find some of our more nightmare shenanigans over at Facebook as well under Nightmare Junkhead. Mm -hmm. And speaking of those nightmare shenanigans, on April 19th, guys... So good. At the Alamo Draft House, we are going to be hosting a 35mm screening in lieu with our horror show series mm-hmm. of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Dream Warriors! <laughs> so looking forward oh, to that. Oh, this is going to be so good, dude. Can you imagine just on the, on the big screen, 35 fucking Freddy and it's just element, dude. Ah. And we've talked about it before. We will have an episode on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. I'm looking forward to that because I can't wait to talk about that. Because every time we tease this, we get a little to, bit more like, ah, yeah. to the point where we're going to explode here. We're doing some tantric teasing, if you will, in terms of leading up to everything. But no, it's going to be a blast. And mm-hmm. then definitely talk to us afterwards so we can get your, your guys' uh, views on the film. And, and like you said, especially for those that are seeing oh, it for yeah. the first time. Because uh, there's no better way to experience that. I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. Now, it's been a while on this show since we've done some of our more traditional segments. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had some reoccurring segments uh, throughout the first few episodes, and we kind of went off a little crazy, but I thought it's... Because we never go on tangents. (laughs) Not not on this this podcast when there's nostalgia. But I thought it'd be interesting to kind of take it back because I had mentioned, I was like, well, what should we do on this uh, next episode? Take it away, genius, because... And we just started talking about... uh, We just just finished recording uh, Batman vs. Superman on Nerds Nostalgia, so I'm like, Zack Snyder, hey, I know, let's watch Dawn of the Dead, you know, because Dawn of the Dead, Dawn of Justice... You know, let's 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 do a little uh, Snydering. A little Snydering. Yeah. It's become a verb now. I guess so. Interestingly <laughs> enough, it's in slow motion. <laughs> so one of the segments that we did back in the day was one that we are we take a look at an original and a remake. Yeah. And kind of decide, you know, is remake this... or mistake. Exactly. In a yeah. segment, we we look at them. And we call it remake mistake. So. That being said, we've talked about it a few times on the podcast before, but just in terms of your attitude mm-hmm. towards remakes in general. Right. In general, I am i don't like them, you know, but there's always a lot of good exceptions to the rule. You know, there's a lot of pleasant surprises like, oh, that wasn't bad, you know. And Do you ever fall into the opinion that we just should not be doing remakes? Some things. 
some things and on some things i'm like okay i can see where this is going let's see a new take on this and left with reverence and sure so it does it need to provide a new perspective in terms of justifying a remake i think so i think something even if it's not just because like the graphics are new or anything like that but if it's got a little something more to say especially something like dated very dated you know um or something that's just like for example, the crazies. Mm-hmm. That's just not as good as it could be, you sure. know. And if if you look back on some of those films, they had like you know budgetary limitations, uh-huh. and like you said, even the effects themselves couldn't right. necessarily hold uh, true to the original vision. And I do think there are some arguments to be made that some of the remakes are worthy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but some of them, though, obviously, no, are, some of them are bullshit. I no. Mean. <laughs> and so interestingly enough, then uh, your opinion then of 1978's George Romero's classic oh no it's classic, a classic dawn of the dude. dead it's a classic man i had the uh two uh D, uh two vhs collectors because mm-hmm. <laughs> they had to port over because right. the movie was so damn long oh <laughs> uh, it was just glorious man i mean it's just an awesome story it still holds up mm-hmm. you know and then like if you've listened to this uh podcast before we owe our outro song <laughs> the gonk man the gonk to dawn of the dead yeah no i agree it's been one of those that to me was not necessarily a holy grail of mm-hmm. horror but it was one of those that you had to see to be considered a horror fan. Right, right. You had to really uh, ingest, pun, no pun intended, right. you know, the Romero trilogy between mm-hmm. Night, Dawn, and Day. Yeah. Uh, and I, Dawn was, it just said, it's an interesting kind of middle chapter in mm-hmm. the whole series because Night is the start. Right. Night is where the, it's the. It's the smaller siege. Yes. Yeah. And then Day, of course, is where you get a little bit more of the updated um, special effects. Yeah. A little um, bit more apocalypse, a little bit more story, like a continuation mm-hmm. of what's going on. But Dawn is that interesting middle chapter. And right. I think the original one, it was a, it was just lightning in a bottle just in terms of the effects work. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, kind of the satirical edge that Romero always brought with his films. Yeah, Romero always had something else to say. You know, the zombies were never the bad guy. No, no. Time after time, you know, you would look at it and you'd go, you'd realize ultimately, that, as they would say, mm-hmm. we are them, they are us. Right. Uh, but in the original Dawn of the Dead, the <coughs> whole idea was take a, kind of a take on consumerism, mm-hmm. just in terms of the mall setting, which was a very much a central character to that film. Almost oh, definitely. And it's always like... Um, uh, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. That's okay. Um, but that being said, um, a lot of people, I, I know when they initially announced that there was going to be a remake of Dawn of the Dead, people lost it. Like they do with every remake that's you know announced, people mm-hmm. lose their minds, especially when it's a classic. Yes. Because it's got to be a classic because it's so relevant and it's so timeless, you know, like. That's why, like, you could watch Dawn of the Dead, the original, in the 70s, or you can watch it in the 80s, and it's still like, okay, there's still a lot of themes, Mm -hmm. and especially as time goes by, more themes can be added to it. And uh, so that's why Dawn of the Dead is just a classic, man. It's fantastic. And so... You know, even looking at um, Night of the Living Dead was remade. Mm-hmm. Remember? In, Which, uh, in, a, in a really good one, too. It was very good. Savini directed that one, and I liked that one a lot, too. Yeah. And it kind of introduced a lot of people to Tony Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Towles was in that one. So it's it was worthy of its its name. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people, I think, were freaking out with the Dawn of the, the, the remake of it. But that being said, uh, I remember seeing it in the theater. Yeah. And walking away... So surprised, going, damn! I really liked that. Mm-hmm. So that being said, let's let's dig into the meat of <laughs> Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Such a good movie, man! I thoroughly enjoyed it, and like this one, I'll watch maybe once every two years. Okay, so and I mean, it, just, it comes up in the semi regular rotation. rotation, yeah. Or if I'm like flipping through the channels on TV, like, ooh, cool, Dawn right. of the Dead, yeah. Because it's one of those ones where I've seen it so many times 
I can drop in and out and mm-hmm. still enjoy the movie for what it is. How many times do you think you've seen this? This remake, I've seen probably at least a dozen. Have you seen it more than the original? Yes. Really? Okay. Yes. Yes, now I that I, and I, we were kind of talking off mic beforehand, and so the thing with the remakes, um, obviously, this someone is going to see this for the first time. Mm-hmm. They may not necessarily even know it is a remake. They may see Dawn of the Dead, 2004's Dawn of the Dead, as the... The definitive yes, Dawn of the Dead. not necessarily knowing they need to do a little reverse engineering. That right. being said, I don't think it's a bad bad zombie film for them to walk into. And that being said, I think it's because there was so much that was kind of differentiating itself from the original mm-hmm. to the point where I think setting it in a mall was almost to the detriment of the film. Because I think it really could have existed on its own in a different setting. Yeah. Because really, in terms of, you know, when you think of Dawn of the Dead, I think of malls and zombies. Right. That's just what right. goes hand in hand. And I didn't think that the, the, the mall setting in the original, I think, was central to the plot. It was almost a character in itself. Mm-hmm. This version, I don't think you needed that. And I think that's why so many people were resistant initially, uh-huh. but have initially said, you know what? It's actually not too bad. Because, number one, the zombies are fast. Yeah. Which is always a frightening aspect to me. We talked about it. In oh, the- yeah. I, I, I'm, if, if a fast-running zombie comes after me, I'm fucked. I'm just like, I'm dead. You know what I'm saying? Now, I can, like like I said, run around like, ooh, slow ones, the shot of the dead, look at me, do-do-do-do-do-do-do, right? But if they're like, nah, I'm like, oh, fuck. Bye. And these move with a purpose, yeah. man. And that's what was really scary to me. And we talked about it in the Return of the Living Dead commentary, we, uh, mm-hmm. that the fast ones are the scary ones. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, you lose that little bit of control, uh, that little semblance of control that you have when they're slow moving. Right. Just in terms of being able to... You can outrun them and outmaneuver them and outthink them, you know? But these are fast and they are just... They're gruesome. Yeah. Uh, In fact, that entire opening just sets the tone so well for this movie. Well, I think going back to what you're talking about, how the mall wasn't necessary, I think it was necessary for the 1970 version, mm-hmm. but for this one, this was more of a siege movie. Yeah. But- and they needed a castle. Yeah. And that that's what fits the bill. That's So what... I mean, it's a good premise, too. It, no, uh, it's, it's fantastic, but I mean, I think they really... I don't want to say they hamstring themselves by, you know, calling it Dawn of the Dead because mm-hmm. if there wasn't a mall in a right. movie called Dawn of the Dead, then it, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. It, it's it's not right. So yeah, I mean, but mall culture was becoming a thing in the late seventies, mm-hmm. which was enough for Romero to say, "My God, people are still you know flocking to this thing if they were dead." Right. It's great, but with this one, I don't think you needed that. In a way, you do because if you think about it this way, by this time it comes out, the mall scene is dying. Oh yeah, you know, ah. malls are closing down; they're being shut down, ripped apart. The mall scene is dying, this- and so maybe this was another talk about consumerism too. Sure. But on the opposite, on the flip coin, where we are from then to now yeah so. because yeah the mall itself in the film was very nice uh-huh but uh-huh. very desolate yeah. you know i mean and yeah the other the other dawn of the dead the original was a desolate mall too but at the same time biker gangs were trying to get in there right just like normal people this one it was gone there was the only time the zombies wanted to get in because they know there were people in there they were just walking around hanging right. out doing shit leaving the dog alone and they were smart enough when they realized when they're on top of the, the mall itself and they're saying why are they still flocking and they didn't say this place was once too important to them as they did in the original right as you as astutely pointed out yeah mall culture is dead yeah mall, malls are done like i'm sure some of the young people were going like what is that <laughs> you know what is is that amazon right you know what what it's, is this it's amazon the store right it really it really <laughs> is so that's really interesting uh but uh the intro of this film though it's just in terms of kind of announcing the presence with authority most definitely that that's a 
I remember watching that intro and going, motherfucker. Because you, at this point in time, there wasn't a lot, still there wasn't a lot of newer zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Not like we have today where every we other movie is a fucking zombie We haven't movie. reached the saturation point. Right. This was right after the time, right after uh, Return, maybe about 20 years. Mm-hmm. So we, we had like droughts of zombieism. But this one is like a new like spin on shit and, and made it really scary. It was kind of a kickstart. Yeah. Well, you think about like that in 28 Days Later just in terms of the more hyper-realized. Right, because the beginning you had that little girl. I mean, everything was normal. And But if you listen in the background, there's always like, oh, people coming in bites. So it's like really like it's setting very, background it's setting. It's kind of subtle. Yeah. Which it, is a surprising for a for Snyder Zach film. For Snyder film. Like, subtle's not his middle name. No, it is so. not. He's not good with that. You know, it's all text, text, text. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really like the way they introduce the character. They introduce yeah. the world and just how quickly it falls apart. Mm-hmm. And you want to try to put yourself in the, the mind of the protagonist. And uh, Sarah, pa- Sarah Polly in this, who I've always loved. Yeah. I think she's a great actor. She is a great actor. Uh, she kind of serves as the audience surrogate and it's mm-hmm. it's fantastic because if you put yourself in that situation and how quickly the shit hits the fan yeah and your life is just forever altered man i mean that's any kind of traumatic experience is going to parlay that but i like how that is introduced in this film and especially because she gets abused too oh, just man. like running from the, the the guy she's like falling into the that she in, fell into the, uh, the tub. tub and we both went ooh, like that was <laughs> a hell of a good stunt whoever yeah. did, i don't know if that was zoe bell <laughs> but whoever yeah. did that that was very impressive but the other thing that i really like though is just that it's so sudden and you don't get any kind of a music or any score until she goes outside and you see the breadth of what's going on. Yeah. And you get that really that really cool like background shot and then the little car shot. just blowing up and you see this utter chaos on a smaller scale, but yet it works really, really it good. It really does because yeah. of the setup. And then you get the title. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy shit, I didn't even realize. I'd forgotten that we haven't realized we didn't get any of that. It works really well. And then even the credits start a little bit more of the world falling apart. They got that Johnny Cash song. The Johnny song. Cash song yeah. playing over it. And that was during his his little Renaissance, comeback. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of, in a, in a way that's kind of perfect in terms of you're paying homage to an older yeah. film. And then you're utilizing an older icon with Johnny Cash, but you're also utilizing his, his New material. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it plays <laughs> yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a big fan of that. And I like the fact, too, that intercut with the shots of the zombies, all it is is really riot footage. Yeah. Real life riot footage, which... Which gives it a little bit more, like, scary, because it like, this shit might be happening right now well, on even, a slow I scale. Would, yeah. I would even say more of just the commentary on the whole so, there yeah. than we are us. We're always our own worst enemies. You know, we're, you know when society falls apart... Ah. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Let's okay. So let's do a little compare and contrast the original cast of Dawn of the Dead versus the new cast because mm-hmm. the newer one you get more characters, and that's the thing with the the original is you really get only four main characters. Yeah, and they have to sell it. Yes, yeah. and it's a very it is a slow burn. Mm-hmm. But with this one, because and I'm not saying they're catering to a new generation that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily want to invest a lot of time in that right but you have more people to bounce off of but they flesh out the characters well in a way i mean they become tropes Mm -hmm. but yet they're familiar tropes and they work it well like the uh asshole cj you know in every group there's going to be an asshole and i like the fact that his character actually had a somewhat of a redemptive arc right yeah because he is portrayed initially as just 
just a, he's a prick right unlike that dude from modern family fuck that guy in this movie dude. oh he he plays a really good <laughs> asshole in this yeah, film man to the point where he just does not give a shit right and that's what's, what's weird about it is when i watch modern family when i try to watch modern family whenever that guy he plays a bumbling guy and i'm like dude you're a fucking asshole you're <laughs> just you're just you're just trying to like score some brownie points with the like with the hot wife it's the captain know? of his ship man <laughs> you know he runs a tight ship on a sitcom and in a film no i i do actually like the um the cast of the new one and mm-hmm. i like the fact that they even ken forey shows yeah. up in the new one as well yeah a little cameo and even tom savini yeah it was nice they those are the people you need to see you need to see i take that back you don't necessarily need to see that but it's nice to see them it is it's like oh cool it's sprinkles a tip, it's a tip of the hat <laughs> to what came before mm-hmm. and hopefully and we were, we were talking offhand off mic uh in terms of people seeing this for the first one this is their definitive dawn of the dead mm-hmm. ideally if someone's really into horror they will always seek out other stuff right once once that seed is planted yeah, because yeah. let's let's face it it's it's Horror is one. The, the world is fantastic. There's just so much to explore. It's the zombie virus. Once you become that zombie, that planet, it, it, just, it drives you. You want to go and find more and seek out more things. This man. primal instinct yeah. to explore. You become the hunter-gatherer. Right. So I'm hoping they do look back on that. But I even mm-hmm. think if they don't, this is a pretty good good example of the zombie genre. Or I should say the newer zombie genre yeah. for the most part. Um, but, but when you're talking about going back, we were talking off uh, off mic about on the special edition features of Star Wars how J.J. Um, Abrams said that he got Captain Phasma's idea from the chrome ball in Phantasm. And you know some little like kid's going to go and like, hey, let's see Phantasm. We both kind of looked at each other like, you. Re- yeah, we, we realized what was happening. Just the family gathered around the television. Come on, Mom, get in here. We're going to watch Phantasm. <laughs> the, 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 the Star Wars man said it was fun. Star Wars the Star man. Wars guy, he's, he knows what he's talking about, right? I take offense to that. You know, that's really my world there, genius. <laughs> And then, uh, boy, oh my God. <laughs> just the, the the amount of kids that Abrams is going to traumatize now. <laughs> I kind of, I, I know we shouldn't be laughing about that, but it is kind of sweet. It's, it's very sweet there. Uh, but also one of the principal members of the new cast is being Rames. Mm-hmm. And that was about the time when he wasn't necessarily as the presence that he was in Hollywood, but he's one of those guys that when he shows up in a film, he brings the gravitas, yeah. the presence. Brings the boss. Shit, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's he's a bad mamma jam he's yeah, always he been uh but they kind of it rounds out the cast pretty well with that now the other thing that i really like with the new one that holds up with the old one are the effects yeah because you can't have a good zombie movie without some blood some viscera mm-hmm. some of the good gory stuff right some of the more like uh, practical pra- yes. gory stuff yes and a lot of the bad thing about the new zombie boom nowadays is like they forget to make a good zombie movie you gotta have some gore yeah for That's like, the one of the main reasons I would seek these movies zombies out because you know some gory shit's going to happen. But then you get like PG thirteen movies like uh, uh, Pride and Prejudice zombies with zombies with like almost no gore, and you're right. just like, ah, rah, this isn't a zombie movie. You and know? I tell you, in terms of how much zombies have permeated the culture now, everywhere, it's insane. There's zombie plush dolls. There's zombie um, little erasers. There's there's like little like Hello Kitty zombies and shit. It's all over the place. But back when before the skin came out and stuff, if you were a zombie fan, you were like you had to read Pancoria and been like everybody's like, oh, he's creepy. You, mm-hmm. it wasn't a cool thing, and mm-hmm. we've talked about it before in terms of <laughs> we just, we weren't cool. I know not at all. We Still cool. aren't cool <laughs> by no means. But in terms of what people really dig now, you know, back in '93 and '94, my buddies were staying up all night talking about zombies and talk. That was about the I mentioned it before. Uh, saw the uh, dead alive 
It was dead alive because it was over here in the States, but mm-hmm. I saw that in the Tivoli Theater here in the Kansas City area. That's a fine art theater, and they brought in that movie. It was fantastic. <laughs> and it was just one of those magical moments. Uh, and then flash forward how many years now, and it's everywhere. All over like, the place. I can't believe we're still living in a world where The Walking Dead is as big as it is. There's zombie commercials. With yeah. Like, Geico save zombie money. You know? It's unreal. And so I don't know if necessarily Dawn of the Dead, the 2004 version, is kind of the, the, the kickstart to that, but it definitely kind of paved the way for a lot of that. It's definitely the American kickstart. Yeah. You know? And the other uh, nice thing about this and what I, in terms of is that James Gunn wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was looking at the, I didn't even know that until, I mean, I remember that until we saw, we saw that. It. And then I was like, oh yeah, James Gunn. Yeah. This is. Which yeah. again, funny again to think about everyone loves Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And if they start reverse engineering on James Gunn, oh good Lord. Oh, I'm telling you, man, you go from like zombies to like almost tentacle porn. Show super <laughs> and Slither. And then Slither and then you go all the way. Romeo and <laughs> Who's Lloyd Kaufman? The Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy guys said Lord Kaufman's cool. It's so interesting <laughs> to think about like how Zack Snyder and James Gunn, um, Shane Black, a lot of these guys that started with really interesting genre films yeah. have kind of made their way into Hollywood. So I can only hope that people reverse it. You know, James Gunn also wrote the original Scooby Doo. I think it was either the first Scooby Doo or, or the second, second one. one. Yeah. He's got a very interesting resume when it comes to that, but it definitely has his kind of a little bit of the pop to it. It's got some banter. It's got some some good banter. It really does, and a lot of that comes, I think, from James Gunn. But honestly, in terms of the writing-directing combo, I think Zack Snyder does a pretty good job with this. Mm -hmm. It is, and and then we can and let's go into a little bit nitpicking though, because you can lay it out. Lay it out. You can definitely see like the seeds of Snyder. Oh, oh, okay. We're gonna, we want to go to that right well, now? Well, I would even just say, in terms of aesthetics, his, yeah. his movies have just, they've always been very drab to me. They're, they don't really pop. Well, There's, all of, but that's almost for like effect of the characters, for like 300, right? Mm-hmm. The whole movie is in, set in the desert. So it's all, once again, like yellows and mm-hmm. very drab. But when like somebody's got like red on it, it's it almost pops. like, yeah, it's almost like the, um, like Frank Miller theorem, mm-hmm. like the Sin City thing. Yeah, yeah, and just in terms of the kind of the contrast. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's just the green hues, the blue hues. It would, it's it very much makes it a Snyder film. Yeah. And then the other thing, just in terms of you mentioned it, also just <laughs> this <laughs> laid out, laid out, just the sad hero, man. All of us, all of Zack Snyder movies have like the super sad hero, and when I mean by sad, the main dudes got to die or do something horrible. For example, like. Uh, um, in this movie, the 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 main the main the main dude, the good guy, he was the way everybody's like, hey, having dinner and having a fun time and just like, yeah. So, what was your worst job? Oh. Being your husband. What was your best one? When I was a dad, just like just just shut down the mood oh, everywhere. Man, just You're killing like, yeah. it. And then at the end, spoilers. And then at the end, when he's like, I got bit. You guys go. I'm all, I'm gonna sacrifice myself. Wow, it's so sad. Fucking three hundred, like Leonidas uh, eats it at the end, mm-hmm. right? Um, sad Superman. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, the whole the fucking Watchmen. All of them were sad in their own way. Man, Zack Snyder has a hard on for sad heroes. He does. He does. Yeah. I I don't understand if he if there's some sort of pathos with that with him, but it definitely is a hallmark. Yeah. of his movies and yeah. his characters. The other thing that I liked as well, and this is in terms of 
making, uh, you know, when you set out to make a remake, you got to pay homage to the original, but uh-huh. you also need to add something different to it. Yeah. And I think what he did with this one in terms of the whole kind of the Mad Max vehicles that mm. they construct, to me, totally screams Snyder. Yeah. Uh, because it's just, it's almost makes it campy to me, which I like. I re- actually really like that because it does make it different enough to go, okay, that's something I would have never seen them do in the original. Right, but like I was telling you when we were watching, like, dude, I drew that man on like, like my Trapper Keeper. Because I would always, like, implements of mass destruction in cases. Like, ever since I was little, I'm like, if a zombie comes on, we'll fuck it up, right? Well, of course. So I had, like, even with the teeth and everything on there, I had that drawn barbed wire, and, like, this is where the machine gun goes at the very top. So, you know? This very specific diagram blueprint thing put out. It's like a weird zombie Batmobile. just like It straight up was, actually. I I wouldn't be surprised if we see something of that come up in the you know the in the jail Justice League movie. Um, no, that's uh, interesting that you kind of had uh, mentioned that because I think one of the critiques I hear a lot about his stuff is that it does it's ultimately the stuff that would end up on your trapper keeper mm-hmm. when you're in middle school. Well, it's fanboy stuff. It's fanboy service kind of because he's a fanboy. I he mean, is. like I said, it hit the sweet spot for me when the vehicles because I was like, fuck yeah, dude. And you know, he did the same thing. Yeah, just like we talked about in Sucker Punch before that. Hot chick in like a sailor suit fighting a fucking evil samurai with a machine gun, dude. Right. That's trapper keeper material, dude. Snyder knows exactly. I, I just like I said before, on a lot of times I wish these people would get whatever chip they have planted in my head that can like read my thoughts and memories and just. They're making a bil- billion dollars ah, off your. Uh, and your... I, I ain't getting shit. Nope. <laughs> You're here with me, going goddamn Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I really no, I really like what they did with that, and even the um, the fact that they chainsaw that poor girl. There's oh, that some was gruesome, fun. yeah, that was gruesome. Gnarly kills in this mm-hmm. film, which I like. Yeah, um, there was even so when uh, the main character drives the the croquet, the croquet stick, thing through his head. Wasn't that also in the original Dawn of the Dead when uh-huh. it's Flyboy uh-huh. is fighting one of them off? Right. Yeah. So I like that you got those little elements in there uh-huh. like that that shows that they were trying to do something with it. Right, saying like tip of the hat. Yeah, you and you, again, do you, do you need a lot of that for you in a remake? No, okay. I don't need a lot of it, but when something's like little like that and you yeah. can pick up on it or even like simplistic things, it's like, okay, yeah. yeah. Something that made the casual fan probably wouldn't recognize, right. but the more hardcore fan can. Because it was a cool scene regardless. It was. it was violent and bloody and gory. And it was practical. Yeah. that's And I want to come back to that. Yeah, the, the, the gory effects in this are fantastic. The mm-hmm. zombie makeup actually looks really good. And that's another thing with this film in terms of pushing boundaries we got a zombie zombie birth. zombie birth gross zombie birth and the zombie baby execution right too. that's some harsh harsh shit going on with that and that's something you wouldn't have necessarily seen mm. they, i mean they touched upon pregnancy in the original but here <clears throat> no the water doesn't break like it's the, a blood sack blood, breaks yeah <laughs> you know it's just nasty. it was gnarly <laughs> it was gross just like a whole alien like little baby arms and, just, and it's kind of tragic the fact that uh mckee pfeiffer and his his bride what happens with them as well and mm-hmm. how ultimately a lot of people end up turning on each other and eventually the shit always has to hit the fan oh, in the yeah. zombie film you know with the original you got savini in the bike <laughs> sex machine basically right? <laughs> showing up kind of ruining everything and in this one it's just eventually 
them going after their buddy Andy. Mm-hmm. And who, just think, we got to get the fuck out. It's time to go. And Andy himself is a good character. In fact, I really like the uh, the relationship that he and Ving Rhames' character mm-hmm. grows over time. Yeah, it was um, pretty good. Just like even like on the, when he was on the phone, like, man, I can't wait to see you face to face. He goes, I'll see you soon, man. Just the track. Because he knows that he's going he to have to do it. And that's the really interesting thing with this is yeah, the bite will turn you quickly. Like, it's there's a small refractory period on this one, man. And, and then even like talking about the makeup and special effects, when uh, Max Hedrum got bit, and he just started looking just ugly, and then he had that like I call it the Frank moment from Return, where he's just like, I got to make up my for, for mm-hmm. my sins, you know. And then yeah, I thought it was really good. The progression, the zombie progression, really worked well. Yeah, and even that um, the big lady. Oh Ooh, yeah, she was scary. She was frightening. Yeah. Um, and what's I think that um, Walking Dead has kind of taken a little bit of that aesthetic, just in terms of how the zombies look, because mm-hmm. she looked really kind of squishy. Yeah, yeah, she did. Which yeah. was really gnarly. But yeah, uh, fast versus slow. We talked about good gore, the effects. Um, in terms of the kind of legacy that this film will have, do you mm-hmm. think we'll have anything that's lasting? Because now we're coming up on, it's only been around for about 12 years now, but it's been more than, it's been a decade. And it's it's held up. I mean. Because we just watched it. We and, just watched it. And we're like, that was a good fucking movie. And my biggest issue with Donna Justice was the pacing and it was just too long. Mm-hmm. And the cut we just watched was, the un- <laughs> we, we watched the unrated director's cut and we watched with the intro and we're both like, fuck, I don't know. Because Zack Snyder comes like, hey, I'm Zack Snyder and I'm maker Dawn of the Dead and I'll tell you what, this is my true vision. So it's going to be probably longer than you're ready for. <laughs> you know, and I turned to Greg and I'm like, he should say that in front of everyone Every of his damn movies. film. <laughs> just like, hey, I'm Zack Snyder. I want to tell a story. It's going to be long. Sit down, relax. Yeah, just hope you ain't going anywhere for a while, right? (laughs) Well, that's what was interesting with it. I didn't feel that there was any kind Mm -mm. of lagging in this. Mm -mm. Um, In fact, I was trying to kind of figure out where the initial extra cuts were because he said there was more gore and more Mm -hmm. character beats. Yeah. And I didn't really catch them. And I don't know if that's because it's just been a while since I've seen the film or if it was pretty much paced that much better. Maybe. I think when he was talking about more character beats, I think they added more scenes with that uh, trucker. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, and maybe a little bit more with Mackay. Yeah, and a little bit more downtime when everyone is in the mall, which yeah. I you have to. Yeah. You have to have a little... You need to have them actually show a little bit of passing of time and them enjoying themselves, which, mm-hmm. you know, in the, the original was so weird when they had Ken Forey serving them as a butler. <laughs> that always, always bothered me, man. Maybe he just made the dinner and he's proud. He's proud. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's like, bon appetit. You know, and just, yeah. Well, I like the with this one, though, it shows him, like, watching movies, uh-huh. uh Shows him getting down, yeah. you know, working out, all sorts of things. The things that you would have done. Doing them all. Exactly. Yeah. Which, honestly, back in the day, that was always kind of not a fantasy per se. Yeah. But, like, what would happen if you got locked overnight in a mall? What would you do? Okay, so I'll answer that question. Oh, nice. I'll answer that question. Prepared, exactly. prepared statement here. <laughs> right. I would freak out. Because if I was locked in a mall overnight, if I, because I know that the mannequins are going to come alive and get me. I so you're going a la tourist trap there? I, yes, I'm going all the tourist trap, and I'm, I'll be. I would be very, 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 very wary. I think the first night I would just like not sleep, just more maybe with one eye, right. just like waiting. But after that, when I was cool, I'm like, this is my playground, you See, know. But don't you think they would be waiting for you to drop your guard to make the turn that much more terrifying? Probably. I'd have to like offer him sacrifices. I go to like Bed Uh-oh. Bath and Beyond and get like all these candles and light them in front of him. Like this is too. To appease, to appease Kim Cattrall and the mannequin gods, you know, just you go and thinking mannequin, it turns out the tourist trap, trap yeah. right? 
<laughs> well, see, my first thing is I think of um, I think of killer robots, and I'm just going to chopping. Yeah, I'm going to get my head shot <laughs> right. off by one of those mother fathers, man. Well, it's, I love uh, the fact that the mall hat was for a while mannequin chopping mm-hmm. mall, Dawn of the Dead. There were so many, so many films movies in or about malls, yeah. Which I really think I'm now that I think about it, it's I I'm glad they actually utilized the mall in this because it was almost like a um, the death knell of yeah. the mall and appropriate in a zombie film. Mm-hmm. So that actually, see, they're listening to you up there. Like, yeah, we're get All it. the animals down here know when we're talking scary movies and everything. <laughs> they know when to <laughs> jump on fuck that. Fuck with me, dude. <laughs> no, I'm. This is a film that I don't think really deserves the hate. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of a remake, it's definitely serviceable. It's a, um, It's just a fun zombie movie. It is, it, and it it doesn't it doesn't take itself seriously, but it, it's serious about it, what it is right. when it comes to like the gore and the Sh- and the fun stuff. The stuff you want invested in, in yeah. you'll get it. You'll even get you even get some boobies in this film, right? right. Which that doesn't happen too often in zombie. Eh, well, Return of the Living Dead and and earn fun. Yeah, earn fun like um. When the whole like uh, get down with the sickness, the Richard down. is that Richard, Richard cheese? cheese? But the whole like scene where they're like playing golf, hitting yeah. zombies, and just like when they have Andy uh, t- taking, taking out the celebrities. Out <laughs> <laughs> there I, is some fun with that. Let's just hope like Bill Murray wasn't. <laughs> Maybe this is what inspired Zombieland, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's just wandering around there. He's like, I just Come like on, to guys. hang out, guys. Yeah. Cut it out. Stop shooting! Whoa! Stop shooting! Nice shooting, Tex. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that being said, check out Dawn of the Dead, but mm-hmm. also check out the original. Do a double feature. Uh-huh. You know, you if you don't like the remake, you always have the original. If you don't like the original, you You'll have always the have the remake. Yeah, it's it, I don't you know lose your shit over remakes. It's fine, but it's never going to change what has always existed. And then check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Just check out, like Go with said, an open check, mind. Yeah, have fun with this movie. No, those well. are, those are both fun movies. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I guess then, gang. Until next week. <laughs> my name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we will see you in your dreams. Yeah.